Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is At The Turn. It's time for discussion and interviews about the world of golf you won't hear anywhere else. Here are your hosts, Nick Heidelberger and Joe Simons. Hello, hello. Welcome into another episode of At The Turn. Hope you brought your cash because we're talking Calcutta. We're going to gamble, baby. And then we're going to talk a little bit about the Corner Club Open. It's exciting for me and Nick. We talk about it all the time on here. We have to continue to share our thoughts. Nick, we can't hide from it anymore. It's time. Oh, my gosh. Do you see what I have right here in front of me? Nick is showing me screenshots of the Calcutta results from past years. In my research, it says, know the people in the field. So you are prepared. Did you? So is that just from 2021? You pulled up that picture? This is the results from both days of the silver division of 2021. God, so how do we good. do? We're, we're in the silver division, right? How do we do? We're already losing listeners by doing this, by the way. People are turning it off. They're going to wait for the We finished second gross in the silver division in 2021. And we'll explain why that's not actually all that good <laughs> in a Calcutta later on. Before we get to it, Nick is distracted now. He's looking at the results from 2021. Yeah. Please rate and review the podcast either on Spotify or up Apple Podcasts. Leave who you think is going to win the U.S. Women's Open this July at Pebble Beach. If you are correct, if you're the first person to identify the winner of this year's U.S. Women's Open, Piper Golf is generous enough to send you a box of their incredible golf balls. Any color you want, the sampler pack if you're so inclined. Leave that review if you're correct. You're going to get a shiny box of golf balls. Nick, I have some troubling news. Oh, no. Well, it's the Handicap Report. It's brought to you by T-Box Coffee. Turn 15 is the promo code to use at checkout for 10% off all of their delicious flavors, including cold brew, which is what I'm rocking for the last few weeks and probably going to go right through to Halloween. I'll start. Went into last week at a 10.0. Today, I am a 10.2. How did that happen? Well, let me tell you. Went out to Wildwood. Trying to use the John Stabler method. We had him on a few weeks ago. He says, you don't have a score, and so you're not going to final putt on 18. And boy, I wish I would have listened because I made a birdie on nine to shoot a clean, even par front nine. Then I started Ooh, thinking to myself, yes. oh, baby. Oh, baby. Here we go. Protect. We're going to shoot. Yeah, we're going to shoot 76 at worst. Then I make a sloppy bogey on 10. Bit of an unlucky bogey on 11. <laughs> double, double, double. Then I make oh, a bogey. No. Oh, Clean no. it up with two pars. Classic Simon style. We go 36-46 for an 82. No. Differentials a little bit too high. And sure enough, I went from a 10.0 to a 10. Point two. Have we checked with Mark, the tournament director of the Corner Club Open, when the handicap cutoff date is? 
Because if it's when you we sign up, there's no, if it's there's when no you sign up, checking. I'm in trouble. Because when we signed up, I was like a seven. I, I'm sure it's not when we signed up. Because by we signed up not. in like March and people weren't even playing then. I'm sure it's like in the next – usually they, they check it like within a week of the tournament. And they're okay. a pretty organized tournament committee. I'm sure we're fine. Um I just checked. I, I'm re, I'm looking at this 2021 document that's now it's going to dominate my life for the next two weeks. The silver division was anywhere from a 10 to a 17.5. So I think we're going to make that 17.5 cutoff. My that's what you worried report, about? What division we're, we're going to be in in the well, corner I don't, of Open? I don't want to be in that bronze division. I kind of um, do. Oh, my God, no. Let's start from the bottom and build our way back up. We just finished second gross in silver. We don't need to start at the bottom again. We're, we're like right there knocking on the door. We're about to get promoted. We shouldn't be going back to the bottom. We deserve to be relegated. What's your handicap, buddy? What's the what's what's the update? I'm on the same trajectory as you. I was a 22.0 <laughs> last week. This week I'm a 20, uh, 22.2. I will say I just posted my best number of the year. Oh, Congratulations. I have like six. I've been playing so bad that like my next six rounds are all going to come off my handicap. And the, none of them are that good. But, you know, a, a decent, like I think I shot 94. You know, every time I shoot 94, my handicap's going to go up. Whereas like a month ago, every time I shot 94, it would have gone down. Um, so fair enough. You know, I've got, a, I've got a lot of big numbers on there. I need to play more golf than once a week to get that to come down yeah. quickly. Um, but I, I will say... Even though my handicap is the highest it's been in four years, I feel like I'm playing better golf than I have been in quite a while. Well, see, stick with that mentality. Don't worry about the numbers. I also sort of feel like that. I feel like I am just a hair away from getting back to where I was. You say once a week is not enough. I want to take the opposite approach. When the corner club open is over, I am going to like put the golf clubs away for at least two weeks in the middle of the season. I'm playing too much golf. I'm putting too much pressure on myself. It's not helpful. Like I'm hitting the ball very, very well right now. I'm making putts. And then I'll just have like the other day at Stone Creek, I made seven pars in a birdie and shot 44 because I made an 11 on the eighth hole. Like it's mm. insanity right now in my golf game. And I'm too frustrated to enjoy it. I feel like it's work out there right now. So it's not, where you want it to be at all. So the bottom line is our handicaps both went up point point two in the last yeah. week. It's all it's all it's all good. I, That's some bronze division I just shit feel right like there. We'll, we'll move off of this very very shortly. But playing once a week, I feel like it's the Cowboys, man. Like the lights are on, it's game day, and if, and if like you have a turnover on the, on the first drive, you're like, oh, oh my god, we're down fourteen nothing, and like we don't get a chance to to rectify this for a whole another week, and so. Pre-John Stabler, I was putting too much pressure on myself to perform on my one opportunity a week. Now, mm-hmm. I just have a different mindset. I'm, I'm happier on the golf course. Good. And I think lower scores are coming. I'm miserable, but hopefully lower scores are going to be coming for both of us. That is your Handicap Report. It's brought to you by T-Box Coffee. Again, use promo code TURN15 at checkout. Now, at the end of the podcast, Nick and I, well, Nick requested before we started recording that we have some accountability for what we're doing out there in a couple of weeks when we go to Moscow. So we'll wind up to it. We'll end the podcast with how we would quantify a successful week at the Corner Club Open. I have a very specific metric in mind. That's the only way 
that I'm going to judge if I'm successful or not. I'm curious what you say a little bit later. But Nick, why don't we just get into very, very briefly the format of the Corner Club Open, and then we'll dive into the Calcutta, which is the main reason we're here. Does that sound good? Love it. Now, please cut me off or stop me if I miss anything or mischaracterize what's going on. So the drunkest bunch of assholes gather every June on the Palouse to play this tournament. It's 36 holes, two-person teams, three flights. Nick and I, as you've heard, are straddling between the silver and bronze flights, which is frankly exactly where we belong at this moment. Gross and net, there are small payouts for the top three in each flight for the tournament. On that sheet, Nick, did it say how much we won for placing second in the gross division? I imagine it's somewhere around $100 for the team. And for us to get into the tournament, it's something like $225, isn't it? Or like $350? Bucks? If, I believe $300 to get into the tournament. Doesn't say how much we won on here, but I distinctly remember opening a envelope stuffed with $25 in cash. <laughs> that sounds about right. So again, there is a payout for tournament money. Tournament money doesn't really matter. We'll get into that in a second. The first day, the format is best ball. So me and Nick play. Whoever makes the lowest score in the whole gross and net, that's what counts. After day one, there is a scramble, okay? In between those two is the Calcutta. That's where you can win the really big money. Have I set the stage? Is that is that the Corner Club Open? That's it. And on this sheet, I, I do have how much each team sold for. And let me just tell you, one of these things is not like the other ones. Okay, can you can you save that? Actually, save that because okay. we're gonna learn from the error of our ways this year. I have a, I have a strategy in mind that I want to talk to you about. I also want to get Romy in on it, but I doubt he'll agree. So we'll see we'll see what happens. All right. So Calcutta one hundred and one. Now the funniest part of all my research, of which I did too much, almost every article written about Calcuttas is the, <laughs> there's a big line that always says these are typically done. As charity events, and most of the money, or at least a significant portion of the money, goes to charity. By God, that's not what's happening here. We're doing it for ourselves, okay? We put in, someone will win. No charity is getting this money. We're getting this money. So that is very fun. A Calcutta is like an auction draft in fantasy sports, but instead of wagering fake money to assemble a fantasy team, you're wagering real money to own a team to beat the remainder of the field, a field that also includes you in one of the three flights. It's so juicy. Golfers bid on who they feel will win the scramble, just the scramble. The best ball doesn't count for Calcutta. You're just wagering on day two on the strength or weakness of what teams did on day one. There's so many X factors in there because, yes, number one, it's a scramble. Number two, Everyone's out in the 90-degree heat for the second straight day, so incredibly hungover. Um, there's, there's probably some relationship dynamic going on with their partners by, by the you know, 30 to 36th hole in there. Um, there's just There are so many X factors that make this so unpredictable, which is what it should be. It's part strategy, but it's part lottery, really. It is part lottery. Should we share the stories about some of the participants now, or do you want to save those? I feel like now may be a good juncture. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> okay. So there's one guy who got so shit-faced on Friday, he fell on his face and then played with bruises all over his face the rest of the weekend. 
But last year we played, Nick and I got paired with two brothers in the second round, one of whom was sporting a black eye. And we found out at the Corner Club, which is the local watering hole that sponsors and runs this tournament, that one of the brothers punched the other one in the face at a tournament the previous weekend. And so Nick and I were excited for fisticuffs. They turned out to be very quiet, probably learning from their mistakes of the previous weekend. But these stories are not aberrations. There's something like this every year. year. The first year I ever played, um, our good friend Justin Smoot played by Mm. himself. Hell yeah. Because his partner got into a drinking contest on the Friday night before the tournament. And that was his ride. This is when the first round was in Lewiston. And that was his oh my Lewiston. God. He no-showed. Smoot went down and played the best ball by himself. And um, Do you know what he I, shot? N- no idea. It wasn't good enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Probably would have helped to have a partner. So <laughs> this is the temperature of this tournament, right? This is These are not atypical stories. These are the people that Nick and I are wagering our hard-earned American dollars on in the hopes that we'll get an envelope at the end of the weekend. Okay. Back to the Calcutta. So golfers bid on who they feel will win the scramble with teams going from anywhere to fi- from $50 to several hundred dollars. The payout, I believe Nick, and correct me if I'm wrong, is the top two in each flight, gross and net. Something like a 70-30 split between the gold and the silver of who that gets first right. and second. That's got to be in the ballpark. It's been two what? years since we've done this thing. It's been two years, but I think it's something like that. Yeah. Now, here's a crucial element of the Calcutta. So the bidding starts, it's like an auction. They'll say 50, 50, 100, 100, and then they'll stop when the bidding stops. It's usually a couple hundred bucks, I think, is what the mean is typically for a team. If someone else purchases your team, and you can purchase your team, more on that later. If you don't purchase your team, buybacks is a big component of this. So players can purchase a share of themselves from the owner. If the player wins the tournament, the owner and them split the winnings 50-50. So in other words, if someone bids 300 bucks on your team, you and your partner can give them 150 bucks to own half your team. If you win the division and say you win 800 bucks, then you and your partner get 400 and the owners get 400. Is that about it? Yeah. Now, very funnily enough, the USGA opposes the Calcutta format arguing it blurs the line between playing for prize money, which is illegal, and gambling, which is allowed. Mm -hmm. If you participate in a Calcutta and are a highly competitive golfer, Nick, I don't know if you know this, but you're at risk of forfeiting your amateur status. Quote. Do you have to be highly competitive to to be at risk? Does the bronze (laughs) division qualify? I'll, um, I'll write a note. You know, they're, they're probably pretty busy with the U.S. Open coming up. Maybe afterwards we can check on our amateur status. This is a quote from the USGA. The USGA may inform players that they have forfeited their amateur status or deny entry into USGA championships and membership on USGA teams for international competitions to players whose activities in connection with golf gambling, whether organized or individual, are considered by the USGA to be contrary to the best interests of golf. So, Nick, that coveted spot on the Walker Cup team that you were trying to get, I don't know if you're going to be able to uh, qualify this year if you do the Calcutta at the Corner Club. Well, I do have lofty goals for my golf game. I I don't know that the Walker Cup was was quite on there. Sure, maybe maybe towards the bottom of the list. Yeah, for sure. Um, before we get into strategy and 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 sort of how I see this year shaking out, do you want to recount in twenty twenty one maybe the split of the bidding, what the cheapest team went for, and then <clears throat> I thought someone bid a lot on a team, but I can't one remember. team went for quite a bit. So the 
The cheapest team in the silver division went for 150 bucks. Wow, really? Yeah, 150. Um, the most expensive team went for $600. Who would bid $600? That team must have won. Well, Simonson and Heidelberger went for 600 <laughs> I forgot to a, to a fella Simon. named Simon. Oh my god, that is so that is so funny, Simonson. What was the next the next most expensive team in the silver division? Can you Somebody see? Somebody went for five twenty five. Oh, so yeah. Uh, Does it show the total prize pool for silver? I'd have to do some math. It doesn't. I mean, does you're talking at probably like two two grand twenty five hundred. If two teams went for eleven hundred dollars, and there's what ten teams in the division, yeah, probably there's twelve, there's 12 teams. Uh, yeah. I, I, Probably Let's about a third say, of them went for more than 400 bucks. Okay, so if you had the winning team, for example, you're probably taking home $1,200, $1,300. about right, yep. Probably. So, yeah, look, let me just let me just say my mindset a couple years ago. I was, I was riding high. Um, I was still doing the Blazers TV show at that time, so disposable income was there. Um, I basically took... I think the the last Blazers game was like June 3rd. And so I probably got my last check from NBC and then immediately went to Moscow and put it all on myself and Nick. You now, would not be denied. You you no, rolled into Moscow and you said, I know. you said this weekend will only be a success if I am the highest bidder for Simonson Heidelberger. That was, that was your commitment. That was the one thing. And you know what, Joe? You were successful. I, I was. In, in, the, in being the highest bidder. Did Bill Myers, uh, was was he the one bidding us up? I can't really remember what happened. He, he might have been. Drinking he might definitely have been afterwards was like, you guys are idiots because <laughs> you can just buy half your yeah. team for whatever it goes for. And yeah. you can have half your team for or, $200 right now or have 100% of your team for 600 Or right now. if I'm going to win, I get all the money. And uh, we didn't. And actually, we did get off. I don't know if you remember. We got off to a flying start. I think we were three under through three. You were pouring in birdie putts to start that round. I thought to myself... Nick is going to shoot 71 in his own ball today. This is amazing. And then we just couldn't make putts the rest of the day. Yeah, <laughs> Nick I'm, is gonna be, I'm, I'm studying the scorecard. So I'm like, where, what hole do we start on now? I, I don't remember making a single putt that day, but I will take your word for it. I remember a very specific story because your wife and, and Gavin was fresh out of the oven at this oh, point. Oh, I do remember that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I remember we had, a, we had a lengthy debate whether or not to take a shot. 30 yards from the green or like 100 yards to the green. I tried to talk you out of the 30 yards to the green. You eventually wore me down, knocked it up there, and then knocked up the birdie putt. And then Ashley came up to me and she was just like, hey, I just want you to know that um, even if you were right or wrong, I'm just really glad Nick stood up to you and held his ground. I'm, I'm really proud of him right now. And then she left like 10 minutes later. <laughs> <laughs> she couldn't handle the, the, the brothers with the black eye. I just Gavin has seen me play one hole of golf in my life and, and I made a birdie. So I, I'm yeah. I'm well, yeah. I had just read, and just for a little context, yeah. I had just read Mark Brody's book on strokes gained and was like, Joe, no, if we play this hole 1,000 times, our average score is going to be <laughs> 0.3 strokes less from 30 yards than it will be from 100 yards. And you're like, I don't like the pin position. I'm like, I don't care. It doesn't matter. It's a numbers game. And we finally, you know, we made the birdie. I do remember that. <laughs> oh, man. What a fun this time. Is so good. The other, the, the other part I remember, in the, in the, and then we'll move on to betting strategy, is Again, I think we started like three under through four, two under through three. We got off to a great start, and we're feeling good. We're pumped up. We're excited. And then Ashley just came over to us, and she was like, "This is this is the Corner Club Open. This is so boring. I can't believe you guys look forward to this. This is one of the most boring things I've ever been a part of." And she bailed. 
<laughs> hung out with Gavin in some shade the rest of the day. Uh, that's so funny. We did just just to, I just got. I'm sorry, but please, I'm the I know we, you are. That's birdied, all you're gonna look at. We birdied three straight holes out of our. First, we we parred the first one and made three straight birdies. We were three under through four. Oh my god! Stop telling me this stuff. I'm already. Gonna, <laughs> I'm going to the ATM right now to put six hundred dollars on us again this year. Okay. Oh Do you God, want to get to so strategy? Good. Have you thought about your Calcutta strategy? Yes. I have a very crystal clear Calcutta strategy. Can I guess it? <laughs> yeah, please. You're not going to bid on the Calcutta. My Calcutta strategy is after we finish the round, I'm going to run home, take a shower, um, talk to my wife and kids, and out the door to the Calcutta, I'm going to say, hey, what's a good cap for me to gamble in the Calcutta? To and Ashley? say, She's going to say $0. I'm going to say, okay, I think I'll cap it at $150. Um, and then I'll probably actually cap it at $200. And I will not be betting on ourselves. Are you going to buy back? Yeah. We you would buy, buy back, back on us. We have to buy back half. Well, see, here's 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 part of the reason I want to go in the bronze division, if you'll bear with me. <laughs> Are you sandbagging the Calcutta on record right now? <laughs> no, but they start with the bronze and then they go to gold. So mm. we'll be done early, and we'll know our commitment to ourselves, okay? Smart. Uh, exactly. That's why I've been playing bad for three months and torturing myself. <laughs> so we can bid first in the Calcutta. I have a cap in mind, and then I have a, you can't spend more money than this amount, okay? So Lacey listens to this podcast. Lacey, everything's okay. I think my my... I regret to say this, but I'm going to. This is why we're here, to 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 be candid and admit things that we probably shouldn't into a microphone. $400 is going to be what I plan to spend with 500 being my you can't spend any more money than this money. And that way, there's no way I can bid $600 on our team this year. It's going to protect me from myself. In yeah, terms of- that sounds about right. So, it, okay, you want to buy our team back. Let's just say Bill and Romy are distracted. Maybe they're getting some ribs or a beer or something. And whoops, they missed us. No one bit us up. And we go for like 200 bucks and we get ourselves. Sure. Is that something you're interested in? Yeah, I would I would buy low on Heidelberger Simonson. <laughs> if they have me as Simonson again, I don't, I don't know what else I have to like. Clearly, my name is Simons. Like Simmons, I would understand. Simonson? You're just adding letters at that point. Doesn't on make any one sense. sheet of paper, you got Simonson and Simon. <laughs> but somehow they got Heidelberger 100%. Well, <laughs> your, your name carries a lot of weight in that town, so I understand completely. In terms of sprinkling versus putting all your money on one team, how do you feel about that? Because teams in the past have gone for 50 bucks. It mm. isn't that common. But you can snag up a few for 100 As a matter of fact, I think our buddy Gilmore one a shitload of money he was not blacked out but boy he was close when he was bidding on these teams <laughs> he doesn't listen when he's bidding on these teams and he showed up him and his partner had a miserable time i think out there both days just sunburn they're going to be sunburned for the next six months because of their experience at the elevation at the palouse and sure enough gilmore walks away with like eight hundred dollars i have so many amazing pictures of nick holding a very thin envelope next to Gilmore, who just fans out hundreds. And Nick is depressed. How did it come to this? And Gilmore is buying everyone breakfast the next day because he won so much money. Yeah. Um, God, it's such an accurate 
picture. But that's if you can get any team for less than a hundred dollars, you, you can sprinkle. But you shouldn't go in with a mindset of sprinkling because the the bidding goes up quick. They usually start them at fifty. I, I think it's been a few years since I've teen, seen a team go for fifty or less. Um, if you can get them. It's a waste not to, but you shouldn't right. go in there being like, I'm just going to sprinkle because those will add up quick. You'll end up spending 175 bucks on four teams and, and, and you'll be like, well, that was dumb. And I've gotten teams go, in the past. Ride or die is the way to go because you're like your whole day hinges. You know, it's like a time lapse when that you're watching on on, uh, on like CBS and it's like at, at 2 p.m. Like Scheffler had a three stroke lead and then at, at 3.30. So like you tee off and you're like all your hopes hinge on yourself and then like you're three under through four. And then an hour later, you're four over. And you're like, okay, well, all your hopes hinge on Voorhees Gilmore now. Like, it's fun having that one other dog in the race rather than like a bunch of other ponies. I agree. I'd like to have us for half, hopefully, and then maybe one or two other teams. Yeah. Now, something that we could do, which we I don't think we've done in the past, we could pool our money up to the amount you're willing to spend. So what I mean by that is if you want to go halves on a team – we'll probably end up quartering a couple of teams because they'll buy back. And that way we can spread our money out a little bit. Just something to consider that yeah, I've been thinking no, that's, about. That's that's a good way to diversify. I like that. Yeah. You know, spread the portfolio around. Eggs in multiple baskets. One other thing that I want to try to do, and I want to talk to Romy about this, and he's not going to do it, but I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna to make a pitch here, and then I'm going to make a pitch to him on Friday at the golf course, and then whether it's a cookout or a beer at the corner club, I'm going to make three pitches to him for this. I'm going to try it out on you. You let me know how it goes. Okay. Now, Romy, you've won several times in the Calcutta, okay? You are going to be someone whose handicap might even be adjusted because you've been overly successful in this event. Let me take some of the heat off you, okay? I will not bid, okay? I'm not going to bid on you until it reaches a certain number, and then I'm going to swoop in. Don't, don't. Don't bid on yourself. Let me do the bidding for you. I'm going to keep it calm. Perhaps we pull Bill into this, okay? There's no reason why we can't talk ahead of time because what's more fun, winning no dollars or winning a fifth or a fourth of a lot of money? I'm trying to mitigate your risk, Romy, okay? Mitigate that risk. You haven't played a lot of rounds in Spokane. The weather's not been amenable so far, all right? Let me help you. Let me, let me make sure you have a good time, all right? We'll pull Martinick into this. Martinick's got too many kids. He can't participate in the Calcutta. We know this. He's got seven doctorates and even more kids, all right? We need to mitigate your risk. kids I have. Well, I thought Martinick had like four kids. He's got two kids. Well, good for him. I'm glad he's happy. He is a doctor, right? Probably. I love it. It needs work. That's That's sort of the initial pitch. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think... The strategy is sound. Romy is a man of reason. I think if he understands the play and he knows he's going to be able to get half of his team for a much lower dollar amount than if he, you, you and him were in a bidding war, then it makes sense. Now, if Romy shoots like 66 on his own ball day one, I'm, I'm out because he's going to go for like $1,000. If Romy shoots a 77 on his own ball, now mm. we're interested. Now that's, we're interested. That, that's the scenario we want. For a lot of reasons. For sure. Would you rather play extremely well and have like a five-shot lead in the bronze, have an average round, or play poorly? Well, 
I don't want to play. I'd rather play well. What, I don't understand the question. Would I rather, <laughs> would I rather play well in the bronze division well, or, or play poorly in any other division? No. Would you rather play great, okay, or bad the first day in whatever division we're going to be in? Great, because we're here in a golf tournament and I'd like to try to win it, Joe. But you're trying to win the wrong thing. This is my point. I'm I don't not saying care. I'm going to intentionally play bad, but what I'm worried about is I'm us not getting intentionally play good. <laughs> is us getting into the bronze division? The prize pool is twenty five hundred dollars, and we represent a thousand dollars of that. That is my that is my concern. We have too much risk because we play too well in our division. Yeah, um, <laughs> we'll get into this shortly, but I'm I'd rather play well for the thing that's not worth as much money than like win the lottery and the thing that's worth more money. Okay. That's a very interesting perspective. I I, I, I'm going to be on a golf course playing golf and I'd like to try to play good golf. It's just, that's just kind of, it's as simple as that. Okay. That's the stable method. There's a, there's a leaderboard. There's, there's a scoring tent. There's an award ceremony. Um, so I want to try to put my, my best golf game forward. It's a competition. I'd like to be competitive. I love that. Okay. That's the Calcutta. I think we went into it probably in more detail than we should have, but Nick had the score sheet, which I'm really appreciative of. I'm going to ask you to send me a copy of that <laughs> right when we hang up here so I can study it all I'll afternoon. Fax it right over. Don't worry. Yeah, please, please do. I've got the round one and round two results, so we can, we can look at it through time. Do you have anything to add? We'll get to our expectations later, but do you have anything to add to that? No, other than it's it's just so fun. It's I just can't describe it. it. There will be there will be more Corner Club Open content to come. Just bear they're, with us because it's so good. They're it's demanding so good. it. It it really is. I can't wait to go. Romy texted. We were texting about our plans, and he's like, "I might try to sneak in around on Monday." I said, "Romy, <laughs> I'm going to put my clubs like under lock and key, <laughs> like in a panic room after the Corner Club Open. I'm not, I'm not going to be interested in playing golf after the Corner Club Open. That's for sure." Nick, it is June. You're a dad. There's also grads. I'm around a lot of interns. Portland Pickles baseball season is back. There's a new Dylan T. Pickle, the mascot of the Portland Pickles. Matchstick golf collaboration. They're selling these oh at the park. Oh, my God. Look yeah, they're selling that. these. Gorgeous. Oh, so good. Oh, my gosh. Shane is killing it. Yeah, they're doing a great job. But we're talking about dads and grads right now, and there's no better way to show the golfer in your life you care than the number one rangefinder, and that's the 3MAX from Blue Tees. Water-resistant, pulse vibration, so no more clicking, and you're like, oh, it's 167, and then you hit, and then you realize you were hit on the back bunker. No, it locks in on the flag, has a magnetic strip so you can slap it on the cart. Save 10% on this beauty when you use promo code TURN at checkout. That's TURN, T-U-R-N, for 10% off of any product at bluetees.com. Show your old man or that young scrapper doodle how much you care with blue tees. Blue tees play different. Nick, it's time for the Mad Golf for the Week, brought to you by Piper Golf. Use the promo code TURN10 at checkout for everything off of Piper.golf. Golf balls for plus ones and 25s for much, much less than a Titleist or Callaway. The season is here. Stock up using promo code TURN10 at checkout. At Piper.golf. Nick, there was only one choice for a mad golfer of the week. We're going back to the Palouse. It's the University of Idaho golf course. Before we get to our mad golfer, a little bit of history, a little bit of lineage. This is from the website. 
It has been host to many great players such as Byron Nelson and Harold Jug McSpaden as they downed Roy Moe and Neil Christian of, Spok- of Spokane in a four-up exhibition best ball at the University of Idaho Golf Course back in August of 1946. Iron Byron got out there post-World War II, had a little exhibition match. That's awesome. That best ball might have been the birth of the Corner Club Open. I don't know. I can't it say been. it was. I can't say it wasn't. What do you think Byron Nelson and Jug McSpaden went for in the Calcutta? <laughs> <laughs> they were in the gold division. Okay. It is now time for a mad golfer. You know, U of I golf course, very high ratings. It's like a 4.7 overall. It was tough to find a mad golfer. This isn't even a mad golfer. This is a lukewarm golfer. Tim Mofo is the name, allegedly. Quote, this is a very hilly course with lots of side hill eyes. Very heavy grass out of the fairways and spongy greens. The facility does not currently offer a snack bar and very little foodstuffs in the pro shop. Tough trek the first time around, but well worth the money. Lots of great views of the rolling hills of wheat and barley fields. That is your lukewarm golfer of the week. I don't three think stars? U of I three three yeah, it was a three star. Looks I don't like think U of I is ever really in like quote unquote bad shape. Honestly, I don't. Like, sometimes the greens are a little hairy, but, like, I never think I'm shooting a bad score at U of I because of the conditions. I know it's always because of me. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, I would agree with the greens can be spongy. I could, I could accept that criticism. Yeah, yeah that's fine. Just adjust, hit the ball to the hole, people. You got to adjust. We're all playing the same course out there. It is now time for Nick Rolls, brought to you by Matchstick Golf. Use promo code TURN20 at checkout. And once again, if you're going to the Pickles games this year, Pick up a Dylan T. Pickle ball marker by Matchstick Golf. They're in the merch tent. Well, since we're talking about scrambles and Calcuttas, uh, there was one Calcutta that was in the news recently with a uh, multiple-time PGA Tour winner and Ryder Cup participant, J.B. Holmes. Mm. He was DQ'd from a tournament, even though he didn't really break any rules. And I've, I've gotten the rule book out. I've studied the rules for this, this tournament. Um J.B. Holmes was in a six-person scramble. It was two rounds, <laughs> and it was awful. a Calcutta between rounds. The team he was on shot 21 under par in the first round. It's a big-money Calcutta, only to be DQ'd when tournament organizers learned that he that this John Bradley was J.B. Holmes. Now, he was listed as an 8.8 handicap. However, his friend who registered him signed him up as a plus four because when he plays in his club championship, it's not stroked, but they have to list a handicap. They give him a plus four, so they put him as a plus four. Somehow, they had him as an 8.8. He did not sign up as that. Nonetheless, it's not a net event. Nobody's using handicaps. Mm. Each team is allowed one plus handicap on their team. He was the only one on his team. So his this plus four or 8.8 handicap doesn't matter anyways because – they met the handicap requirements. His friend entered him as John Bradley, which is his name, not JB. People have an issue with that. They say that he was trying to sneak in there. Um, he he claims with receipts that he did not break any rules. He posted the tournament rules on his Twitter account. Uh, he did not buy back his team in the Calcutta. It seems like it's all pretty straightforward. In this big money, bring your best sixum 
tournament. However, he was disqualified. How do you feel about it? Do you feel he should have been DQ'd? No, absolutely not. With the information that I have, he should have been allowed to play. Look, this is Nick rules. This isn't Nick's opinion. This isn't, this isn't, you know, using our judgment. This is, look, let's, let's read the letter of the law. J.B. Holmes posted the tournament rules. If there's something that I don't know about, I'd be happy to consider it. But there's no reason he should have been DQ'd. You're allowed to have one plus handicap golfer. It's a six-person scramble. Like, if your skills are diluted in a six-person scramble, right? It's it's If he goes out there in a stroke play event and shoots 68, he's going to lap the field, right? But in a six-person scramble, there's only, like you're not necessarily going to eagle every hole, right? Which right. is what you have to do. They shot 21 under, so they- It's a putting contest. Good. Yeah. Exactly. So, no, I, I'm upset that he was DQ'd. I like it. I like. I don't like that he was DQ'd. I like that he entered this tournament, and I totally agree with you. He didn't do anything wrong. Um, if I was a pro golfer or had this much skillet golf, I'd probably do a lot of shit like this, like toe the line to my advantage. Like, there's so many things in golf that work to your disadvantage. If you can work something to your advantage where- one of your buddies just happens to be a former Ryder Cup team member. Like, probably get him on your sixum, and he'll probably help you quite a bit. Um, I understand why people are upset, but they're upset because they're not friends with JV Holmes, not because he played in this tournament. The other thing is they're they're jumping to conclusions. They're saying they because he was listed as an eight point eight that he's sandbagging. They're saying that it's because he was entered as John Bradley and not JV Holmes. He was trying to be sneaky. Look, they they played by the rules, so. You know, take your complaints somewhere else. And that is Nick Rules. Okay. Time for our expectations for the Corner Club Open and what will make it a success and what will make it a failure. Why don't we guess each other's? Maybe that's a fun way to do it because I have a pretty good idea of yours. I want to guess your barometer for success versus failure is leaving with more money than you arrived with. That's 100% right. That's 100% right. And the other thing, which would be a cherry on top, I'd like to win a KP. I've won the long drive. I've never won a KP. I'd like to win a KP because Romy just stocks his fucking wine cellar every year with all the wine. that They give bottles of wine for winning KPs, and Romy just leaves with arms full of wine every year. I want to take one of those Pinots away from Romy, although he said he's bringing wine for us to drink that him and his brother made. So I'm excited to try that. That's, that's going to be fun. That's a good one because I was thinking earlier today, I think – you did win a long drive. I think that was the first time we played in this event. Yeah. We haven't gotten one of those side games, a KP no. or a long drive in in at least four the last four rounds of of corner club open action. That's against the odds. Like we should be we should be hitting one of those each year. Uh, that's a good one. Now, so. just for us, real quick, what is the best hole for them to have the long drive on? Do you think number seven? That's the year that I won it. It, it was on number seven. Yeah, the, the long, not a long, it's a, it's a par five. What's the runway before the lake? Three, 350. 50. Yeah. yeah. You can you swing for the fences. There's no OB. Well, there's, you know, it's a pretty shitty one to, to, to find the OB. Uh, you can pretty much swing let's away. Let's be careful. I may, <laughs> I may find it. <laughs> yeah, no, but there's a speed that, slot. And if you hit a low draw, it's going to run forever. And I happen to, to catch one right. To me, the best one, and you're going to disagree with this, is number 13. Okay. The par five where yeah. you can cut the oh, corner. Oh, no. Yeah, no, I do disagree with that because that's more yeah. about angle than than distance. 
Yeah, but if you cut the corner, it's hard to hit the fairway. You know what I mean? Like if you're cutting the corner, you have to actually hit a big fade to get it back in the fairway. You usually end up in the left rough. Yeah, I think I hate I hate that because <laughs> long drive should be like the longest shot. Like that's that's a dog leg. So it's just like mm-hmm. how it might be a harder shot. It's a more interesting shot. Like how much do you take off and, and can you pull it off and, right. and keep it in the fairway? But long drive is like mano e mano. Like I'm going to stand here and you're going to stand here. We're going to see who hits the ball farther, not closer to the, the green. Which I guess well, different things. We'll about. see what happens. They had it last time we played on twelve, which was an absolute disaster. The the downhill par four. Huge downhill it. with OB hugging the left side. Yeah, no, it's no good. Terrible. Okay, my prediction for you and how you're gonna deem success of this tournament is if you win your tournament money, if you're first place in your flight, independent of the Calcutta. Yeah, yeah. First place in the flight. First first place gross. That's that's it. Whatever whatever flight we land in. That's fine. That's our, that's our league, and that's ours to win. And we got, we got to, we got to put it down. Winning first place gross gets you half of your buy buy in for the tournament back. That's yeah, what you get. This is an entertainment fee. It's not, a, <laughs> not an investment. I'm not looking at it like I got to go to the corner club open. I got to make some money here because you know I need rent due. No, this is all <laughs> entertainment. This is all for fun, right? Get out there with the boys, play yeah. some golf, make some memories. The money, it's. Yeah, it's like a little side character. It doesn't matter. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna risk so much that it's gonna really hurt me. I'm not gonna win so much that it's really gonna help me. I'm just gonna go out there and have fun, and I will remember winning the Corner Club Open more than winning the Calcutta. Although I, I had no idea we finished second two years ago, so maybe that's not true. Folks, whatever you do in a Calcutta, do not bid $600 on yourself if that represents the highest amount. Just just don't do it. Take advantage of the buyback. That's the best advice that I can give you. Any any final words before we head off to Moscow, Nick? I know we have a couple pods before we actually go. We're going to do a US Open preview next week, but what are your what are your final thoughts on CC23? I've been seeing way too many Twitter and Instagram posts with people traveling with their clubs and their clubs snapping. So oh my I'm God. a little bit afraid of that. I will be taking the head off of my driver, but there's only so much I can do. Uh, I'm just hoping the sticks make it. Well, if you recall, the second year that we played in it, I had to play with a backup borrowed driver because my driver broke halfway through the first round of the Corner Club Open. I can't remember how, but it happened. It just cracked. It just, it was it just on, yeah, yeah, it just broke. Cracked. Romy repaired it, and I gave it to a buddy, and he's still using it. So thanks for that, Romes. Okay. If you've made it this far in this podcast, you are an avid At The Turn listener, and we love you so much. We're going to get back to normal business next week. We're going to talk Father's Day gifts. We're going to talk U.S. Open. Do you have a thought about the U.S. Open, Nick? I haven't thought about it yet. Cool. Okay, so we'll get Nick's thoughts on the U.S. Open, and um, it should be a lot of fun. Enjoy your golf game. Handicap Report. I'm Lacey Evans. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time at The Turn.